This is Professor Sky from Western New York, United States of America, and you're listening to WC. I damn it, see, can you put it up again? <laughs> this is Professor Sky from Western New York, USA, and you're listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5. Yeah, La melodía que tenías en tu cabeza y no sabías Así se siente El sonido que te alivia, te empila Claro que te vacila Y se siente en la energía del que buena noche La que se nos viene hoy día Salgo a pensar y me digo a mí mismo Va a ser un día para recordar que va Con lo que haya ocurrido en el pasado Ahora con trago en mano Es tiempo de olvidar y así Me acompaña la música Fiel amiga, no te separe nunca de acá Y yo espero paciente Mi sonido dice que no es contigo Pero va a llegar Y así se siente ese ritmo que me decías Así se siente la melodía que tenías en tu cabeza y no sabías Y así se siente abrirte de mente, de corazón ser diferente Y se siente la buena vibra de mi gente siempre presente Ya llegó la hora de pasarla bien, disfrutar No importa con quién te he visto en peores situaciones Viviendo sin términos ni condiciones Tengo mis razones para decirte Me cago en tus excusas, lo bueno no lo escuchas Y lo malo es lo que usas Necesitas relajarte y recordarte Que así se siente ese ritmo que me decías Así se siente la melodía que tenías en tu cabeza y no sabías. Así se siente que la alegría es el tema principal de tus poesías. Así se siente vivir en armonía y con buena compañía. Toronto and welcome to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall and on today's episode we are focusing entirely on the country of Peru, one that is currently facing a political crisis with over 50 people dead from protests sweeping the country. And one of our guests on today's show is Matias Richarte who is currently in Lima, Peru. 
Matias is a member of the band Kune, Canada's global orchestra, and he also recently graduated with a PhD from the Faculty of Music in Music Education. You're going to hear my short phone call with Matias that we took on last Friday, and later Matias is going to come back to perform with his favorite drum, the Cajon. You are listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5. Well, in Lima um, and in the rest of the country, there are protests right now uh, that are they're political protests, and they are they are demanding the resignation of the president Dina Boluarte, and uh, and they are calling for new elections, like immediately new elections, new congress, new um, congress, and presidential elections. Uh, more than 50 people have died as a result of state violence. There is uh, considerable proof. There are some videos. Of course, this nothing. None of this is shown on 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 the media uh, because the media has been monopolized by by like economic elites, and they have a very clear agenda, and they are you know really heavily censoring information. But you can see this these videos on social media. It's very clear that the police are acting like completely out of any limits or reason. Many students of many universities, particularly public universities, have joined the protests. And they have not only joined the protests, but they have given shelter to some protesters who are coming from different regions, particularly indigenous people, particularly um, people from uh, rural communities, peasant communities. And so some students housed some protesters in the university. And what happened uh, last weekend, which was uh, very worrying, was that the police um, broke into the university and arrested 200 people, almost 200 people. Um, unlawfully without uh, uh, what's it called an attorney like a state attorney present and this is very worrying particularly in Peru because we have a recent memory of there was um, a civil war uh, it's actually not a civil war it's technically an armed conflict I think where a couple of tourist organizations uh, tried to take over power, power violently and the uh, state responded with you know military force and what happened during the 1990s uh, were ten, nine, nine or ten students were kidnapped and then they were found dead, um, tortured and dead. And so we have a very recent memory uh, of like police going into universities. So it was very, it's a very sensitive topic. Thankfully, none of the students were um, disappeared. They were all returned um, pretty quickly. But you know, they're they were they were beaten and they were humiliated because they were treated as if they were terrorists without any evidence. Um, they didn't find anything in this raid that they that they did that could incriminate anybody with any terrorist organization. And this is part of our ongoing campaign by the state and and some you know and most of the media in Peru, which is um, to like um, demonize people who are in the protest by calling them terrorists. But this is a technique that is that is used a tactic that is used by by many people in to to delegitimize protest and to um, criminalize protest mm -hmm. and protesters. It is very hard for me to imagine a sort of scenario where myself as a university student would experience that kind of conduct and just imagining, you know, I think I saw a blockade in front of the university being broken through by police. Just trying to imagine that at the University of Toronto is a very scary thought. Yes, I mean, it was very scary and it was ridiculous because like, you know, afterwards we learned that <clears throat> the door next to the one that they rammed with a with a tank was open. So it was just like this like weird um, show of force that made no sense. And I want to know lastly here, Matthias, what is in your immediate neighborhood? 
What is different? Is there a curfew? Are people outside, inside? What is the feeling, the atmosphere of Lima today? Well, Lima right now is very, it's a bit of a, a weird sensation. Like all the malls are open and all the businesses are open. But at the same time, there are ongoing protests in uh, in the center of Lima and also some decentralized protests that are starting right now. And the, the police repression in the last couple of weeks has, has escalated. I went to a protest on Thursday. The police just they blocked the streets. They blocked many streets. They didn't allow the people to go anywhere. And still, we were gassed more than a few times for not doing anything, for, for walking, for walking, for, you know, protesting. Of course, we were walking on the streets where we were blocking traffic, but there was no, no violence, no attack on the police, no attack on private property, no attack on people passing by, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. It was just Civil not allowing people to protest. So that's the sensation. And this is in Lima, where no, nobody has lost their life for protesting. But in the rest of the country, the situation is, is really terrifying, especially in the south. The military have been deployed to the south. They are, they are walking on the streets, you know, um, shooting live rounds, you know, um, um, arresting people and, and terrorizing people, really. Hola, soy Deb de Perú y estás escuchando Tracks from Abroad en CIUT 89.5 FM. Hello, Toronto, and welcome to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall. Man, we are in the studio again today at our new Mondays at 6 p.m. slot. It's great to be here, and I've got to tell you, you've already heard the intro of this show. Today we're talking about Peru. It's very topical. It's very political. I'm glad to be in the company of, uh, of Phil from this past show that you heard. You know, he had some political discussion as well. Today we're going to be talking all about Peru, and we have two really fantastic guests on the show to give you a sense of what this country is like normally and what it's like in its current state, because there is a lot of political conflict going on there. Um, people are hoping that an election will be held, and yet the military is doing basically everything it can to make sure there is no election at all. Our first guest on this show is Deb. She is a University of Toronto student, a first year at the school. She tells us uh, all about growing up in Peru and also uh, suggests some really fantastic music. She's a reggae fan, so you're going to hear some Peruvian reggae. Not sure if you've heard that before. And our next guest, as you already heard on the top of the show, is Matias Recharte. He is uh, the percussionist of the incredibly international band Kune, uh, Canada's global orchestra. Kune is an 11-piece band with 10 immigrant musicians and one Métis musician as well. You're going to hear from Matthias just in a little bit, but first we're going to start off the show with Deb. And I also wanted to tell you about some other shows that are coming up in the near future on Tracks from Abroad. So if you stay tuned with us, you can follow us on Instagram at tfa.radio or send us an email at tracksfromabroad at ciut.fm. So this week is a show on Peru. Next week, we've got a show on Lithuania, and that's going to be an interesting one. It's with the ambassador of Lithuania to Canada. He's going to talk about being chased by a polar bear. Believe it or not, uh, he survived. The week after that is on Argentina. We have um, 
El Sebo Folklore, fantastic Argentine folk band from Toronto, uh, as well as an Argentine student. The next week is on India for our third episode on India. If you ever want to listen back to the shows that we've done in the past, you can go to Spotify or Mixcloud to do that. And then finally, we have uh, a show on Italy coming up with the owner of CHIN Radio, um, Mr. Lombardi. I think that's Lenny Lombardi. So not to get ahead of ourselves today we're talking about peru and here we go we're going to start our interview our first interview with our student guest deb right here on tracks from abroad today our show is on peru and we are joined with uft student deb deb welcome to the show thank you thank you so much for the invite no problem now, the way that we met was through a club event, as hey, there's many clubs at UFT and club events are a great place to meet people, but the one that we met through was OLAS. What does OLAS stand for? Okay, so it's the organization of Latin American students here at UFT. I'm new to the association as well, because this is my first year here. But yeah, I went to the event. I went to the event to practice my Spanish. I had actually had a Spanish lecture earlier in the day. So Victor Castillo was one of the organizers of this event. And Victor had brought different Mexican candies and things like that. Were there any that you tasted? Yeah, I actually went for the Peruvian candy that I knew already. Oh, okay, which one was mixed in? I didn't notice. <laughs> you know, the it's like the plantain chips, yes, the fried plantain, yes. the chifles. Uh-huh. I went for that and the cola that I saw on the table. Some familiar Peruvian snacks. Yeah, just yeah, cool. really nice. Well, Deb, what do you study at UFT? Now I hope to study political science, so I my elective courses I chose. Three of them are related to political science, and mm-hmm. then I'm also taking management and economics. In terms of Peru, what made you come from Peru to the University of Toronto? I always knew I wanted to study abroad. I also applied to to Canada because I have a French passport, Mm. so studying in McGill would have been very cheap for me. So I applied to McGill and I was like, okay, since I'm already applying to McGill, I'll also go for U of T, UBC. I didn't get into any of the U.S. Hey, choices. Yeah. Well, to, for McGill at least. I also and then McGill, yeah. I gave it a shot and uh, I ended up here. Yeah. But tell me about the French passport. So what does your family look like? Well, my French passport comes from my grandmother. She was like her, her family's Russian. Hmm. But then when like communist happened, they went to France. So my grandma was born in Paris. Well, Deb, I want to ask you, as I do on every single show, is there a song from Peru that you could pull up that we could start off this music set with? Okay, so the song that I picked is called Galan de Combi by Laguna Pai, which is a Peruvian band. It's a reggae song, but it's mm-hmm. like it makes me happy, it has happy vibes. What does that title mean? Okay, so Galan de Combi. Combis, I'm going to show you a picture because they're like these buses in Peru, but it's like like the public transport. It's always like oh, okay. filled with people and like, and it's called like Galan, which is like, like someone handsome, like Galan de Combi, like someone like... Yeah, meeting a cute boy on the bus? Is Maybe. That... <laughs> I think it's very up to interpretation. Okay, fair enough, like... fair enough. Well, awesome. Yeah. All right, we're going to play that track right here on Tracks from Abroad. You're listening to CIUT 89.5 FM. We're going to be back with Deb from Peru in a minute.
hacía Salomón, como lo hacía Marley, una simple conversación sin intereses materiales. Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad. I hope you enjoyed those songs there from Peru. Today we are doing an episode here with Deb. Deb, how's it going over there? Perfect. I like that that first reggae track a lot. What was the title again? It's Galán de Combi. Is that reggae genre really popular in uh, Peru? I think it is. It has its big big fan base, yeah. but it's not usually what you hear at parties and things. Oh, like okay. Maybe if you go to certain clubs, more like hipstery clubs, you'll, oh, okay. you'll get that, but it's not the, the most usual thing. I've been to a, a concert like before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It was like called Barrio Latino. So a lot of different Latin singers came from like Nicky Jam, Bad Bunny, like a lot of different artists. Mm -hmm. And it was a really big concert, yeah. Nice. 
again, the way that me that we met was through this club meeting at Olas, and we ate some different candies. Let's see. I remember, like you said, the Peruvian plantain chips. Yeah. I remember uh, tamarind. It was like spicy tamarind. I think that was a Mexican one. Yeah, I didn't try it. You didn't try it. Yeah. It wasn't as spicy as I thought. I thought I was going to be blown away. Another food connection that came to mind is Inca Cola. Yeah. Of course, shares the name with the Inca Empire. What do you learn about that in in school in Peru? How do they teach that to you? Yeah. So, like all throughout primary, we have in my school, Ciencias Sociales, just social science, mm -hmm. but it's basically just Peruvian history. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you start learning like the different like cultures. You have like Mochica, like different cultures in Peru, like based on the areas they were. Then like like pre Incas and then Incas. Okay. And then you learn about like conquests, the independence, and then you start learning about like the first presidents and everything. So you start with like the pre Incas and then go all the way to presidents. <laughs> gotcha. For me as an American, I feel like my average classmate might know um, you know, there's the Inca Empire, there's uh, Machu Picchu, for example, yeah. but not much more than that. Are there other places, other famous places in Peru that um, that people might not know about? One, something that I've, like a trip that I've been on that I really loved in Peru, it was going to the Amazon rainforest. So actually, oh. my there, I went on like this tiny cruise type boat mm -hmm. through the Amazon River. It's like the farthest like I've gone from like my reality in Peru, but still being in Peru because it's like such a different thing. Yeah. But it was still like in Peru, so it was amazing for me to see that. You didn't lose any toes to piranhas or anything like no. that? No. <laughs> yeah, luckily. All right. Well, I want to ask you, Deb, if there's another song that we could start off the next set with from Peru. Okay, so this song is by Jan Marco. He's a very famous Peruvian songwriter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. His so songs are very like romantic. This is not a reggae song. I wanted to change it up a little. Sure. But yeah, I think it's really nice, very like nostalgic because it's you hear it a lot as a kid. All right, you are listening to Tracks from Abroad. Today we're talking with UFT student Deb about Peru. Stay tuned and enjoy some Peruvian music. Me queda 
me queda el amor lejos de ti se me agranda esta pena Lejos de ti no se acaba la guerra Lejos de ti se me esconde la luna Y los inviernos son una locura Lejos de ti Lejos de ti Lejos de ti no se vive feliz Lejos de ti no me queda el amor Lejos de ti se me agranda esta pena Lejos de ti no se acaba la guerra Lejos de ti se me esconde la luna Y los inviernos son una locura Lejos de ti Me llamo Matías Recharte, soy de CUNE, Canada's Global Orchestra, y están escuchando Tracks from Abroad en CIUT 89.5 FM.
Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad. My name is Jesse McDougall. Today on CIUT 89.5 FM, we are making a show on Peru. We're very happy to have Peruvian student Deb right here in the studio. Deb, you study political science. I study political mm -hmm. science. And I hear you have a very interesting political connection to a figure in, uh, in Peru. Yeah, so my grandfather was actually... Uh, prime Minister in Peru mm -hmm. during the 90s to Alberto Fujimori. So he's basically like the second-hand man okay. let's see, to the president mm -hmm. and then he was also like chancellor so he's like sort of like the like head of all other ministers. Was that what inspired you to get into politics do you think? Or? Politics has always been something like very ingrained in my family so mm. like every conversation every like Sunday lunch everything like it's always ongoing topic mm -hmm. yeah and also I think I'm very like opinionated on things now why is it that you said that you're not listening to Peruvian news if if your family is always talking about politics why is it yeah. that you've taken a break all of a sudden it's I think it's like gotten to a point where it's so bad <laughs> that it's like every little thing you read, like now the president again is getting like investigated for corruption or his family, like because they use like he uses like his family as like covers for when someone transfers money. So like hmm. so it's like every little thing you keep on reading, like takes away <laughs> more hope you have of the country like getting better. So it's yeah. Has your grandfather told you anything about his experience? I mean, how did your grandfather's um, job come to an end? Or is he still in politics? No, he's not. Actually, he was given house arrest after, like, Fujimori was arrested because they were investigating everyone. Obviously, they didn't find anything. My grandfather is never involved in any, like, corruption things. But yeah, it wasn't a positive and given the current political challenges that Peru is facing, do you think you would ever move back to Peru? Would you like to? I think especially wanting to become a lawyer, and particularly I'm inter interested in criminal law. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason why I wanted to study abroad, because the judicial system is in, English, in Peru is so corrupt and rotten that I wouldn't like... There is no way to like really be successful in like as a lawyer if you're not bribing judges or like really? it's there's no way like it's the system's like completely broken so i so yeah and, and if you i study law in peru then it would i would have to practice there so i knew i wanted to study abroad mm -hmm. also i have some family here they live in richmond hill mm. so it's not that far that's lovely yeah well deb to end the show on a very positive note i'd love to know why would somebody like to go to Peru? What beautiful things can we see there? Aside from the the food and like 
the views and like the places and cultures that you can get to see all in one country. It's like a generally happy place. Like for example, you see in the World Cup, like Peru has been given like the title of like the best cheering. Like it's a very like Peruvian people like sort of give you like this joy. Well, I appreciate you coming onto the show to tell us about Peru. Deb, thank you very much for coming thank on. Thank you for inviting me. It was very fun.
You are listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougal, and the last track you heard was Agua by Kune, Canada's global orchestra. It's their most recent single, and I have to really thank the uh, the marketing coordinator at Lula, uh, Lula Lounge, and in particular Lula World Records, that's Juana Hermida. She connected me with Matias way back when I asked, hey, uh, Juana, is there anybody who might be, you know, might be an interesting guest on the show? And my gosh, Matias is like the most interesting possible guest. Of course, he is part of Kune, a band with 10 immigrant musicians and a Matias musician. We're going to hear from Matias right about now. Matias, of course, is the percussionist for the band. And during our interview a few weeks back, which of course was prior to the outbreak of the conflict in Peru, he shared two special instruments. One is the cajon, which means box in Spanish. It is a little bit like a box, but it's really a beautiful drum. So uh, he brought the drum to the studio and where you're going to hear him play that drum as well. He also brought another extremely unusual instrument that I cannot even begin to describe, but uh, Matias brought that as well, and he's going to play that too. Um, I, of course, also have to thank Deb, the UFT student interviewee, for coming on the show to tell us about Peru, about her family, and about the music that she really likes from that country. Um, Every single show on Tracks from Abroad, we bring international students to the station to learn from them, truly to learn from them about the cultures and the places that they come from. So thank you, Deb, very much. And of course, we have guests on on uh, every single show. Um, and I also should mention that my interview with Deb was prior to the outbreak of the conflict in Peru. And that's why I felt like it was necessary to call Matias because he is currently in Peru at the beginning of the show there. And he could give us the most up-to-date um point of view of what peru is like at this very moment you can follow us at tfa.radio on instagram or if you have any comments about this show or about future shows or past shows you can email us at tracks from abroad at ciut.fm now we're going to get into the second interview of this show this is with matias recharte of the band kune and you are listening to tracks from abroad Today we're in the Map Room studio with an artist. As we talk about Peru today, we are joined by Matias of the band Kune. So mm -hmm. glad to have you here. Matias, how's it going? Good. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for being here. Matias, you are part of this fantastic band, Kune. It's a big band, 11 piece, 11 people all in there. And I see on your website it says, a collective made up of 10 immigrant musicians and a Metis Canadian. Tell us about that. This project was born uh, in 2016 at the Royal Conservatory. The Royal Conservatory has a beautiful hall called the Corner Hall. And the person who runs this hall, is, uh, his name is Mervon Meta, And he um, had this idea that he wanted to create a group um, that put together, like, like people, like, because, you know, Toronto is such a diverse place. There's people from all over. And Corner Hall really brings artists from all over the world. Um, but he wanted to have some platform to showcase all the immigrant the people the musicians that live here in Toronto who are immigrated from different countries and are you know great artists great musicians but they are not as well known they got a grant to create this band this group so they audition people I actually saw the poster for the audition on my first week here at UFT I was a PhD student my first year of my PhD in, at the faculty of music okay yeah, so um, I saw the poster and I went to the audition and I got through the first round and I got through the second and I got through the third round. And so because there was like about 100 people that auditioned, the audition was for people who, you know, lived in Toronto but are, were from somewhere else and who played, you know, some instruments from their country or knew some traditions from their country. Um, and so 
after these rounds of auditions, they selected 12 people. So we started this band, we started rehearsing, we composed for about six months. And after six or eight months, we had a performance at Corner Hall. Mm. And that was the project. The, project. the idea was that we would have this, you know, time of rehearsing, composing, have a show, and that's it. But then people really liked it, and the, the conservatory, Corner Hall, started getting invitations from different places. So we went to play at Sunfest in London, and we went to play in um, different places, like uh, we went to a festival uh, in Saskatchewan called Ness Creek. Um, and then we got an invitation from Banff, which is this like culture and art center in the mountains, really beautiful place, uh, to go there and make an album, to record in their studio. So in 2018, we went there, we spent like about a week, 10 days, recording an album. And then Universal Records wanted to put it out, so they put it out. With this last year, we've been uh, performing quite a bit. You know, this is the first year after the pandemic that we've really been active. Um, we recorded an album actually at the end of 2021 because we had a, a grant and we recorded this new album. Um, and we are releasing that in the spring of next year. Very nice. Now, for you, Matias, you mm -hmm. contribute percussion to the band Kune. Mm -hmm. In particular, the cajon, which we're going to learn about. Is it a unique drum to Peru? Is it? Yeah, so um, I, in this band, I mostly play drum kit. Um, I do some recording with cajon and stuff. Cajon was my first instrument. When I was six years old, I started uh, playing cajon at a music school in my neighborhood. And um, the cajon is originally from Peru. Although people have been banging on boxes all over the world, um, there are different, you know, in Cuba they have, it's not, it doesn't look exactly like that, but it's basically a wooden drum. Um, my favorite, there's many stories about the origin of the cajon, of course. But my favorite story is the one that says that uh, in the late 19th century, the hottest instrument around was the harp. If you were a harp player, it was like the equivalent of being like a, I guess, like a hip-hop producer, like a beat producer today or something. You know, mm -hmm. it was like the hottest instrument. It was a party instrument. You have the bass on one hand playing, like, thumping the bass, and you have the melody on the other hand. So it's very loud, the harp, because mm -hmm. it has this kind of harp, because it has a big, like, resonating box. And when the party got really, you know, hot and people were getting down, somebody would start banging on the resonating box of the harp, ah. you know, playing on it. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, harp players were like, man, like, you're going to destroy my instrument, get your own resonating box. And it kind of looks like, like, a, like a standalone resonating box of the harp. It has a hole in the back, and it has a surface made of wood that is kind of thin, plywood, and it's held together by like a, like a, a thicker wood frame. Today we're in the studio with Matias talking about Peru. You just heard some songs from the band Cune, which Matias is a member of. And uh, now, Matias, I want to ask you about your music education. You just recently finished your PhD. You've written some articles. And uh, on the website uh, for Cune, I read that you started teaching, I think, at age 14, something like this. Mm -hmm. Tell us about teaching music. Why is that important to you? Um, well, when I was, the reason I got into music was because my my parents put me in this like art school in my neighborhood for after school programs. And I started in the kind of like visual art or painting 
part that was in the first floor. But I kept hearing like the music coming from the second floor. So I wanted to check it out. So I, you know, I asked to be to go upstairs. I went upstairs and then I never came downstairs again. <laughs> so in the second floor, there was um, a music, you know, program. And it was run by two um, women, Lily and Lucy. And they became my teachers and my mentors. Like this school was, uh, it was called Arte para Crecer in Lima. And it was a very special place, very like um, alternative kind of pedagogy, very open uh, to different kinds of music. We would learn about um, Peruvian traditional music. We would learn about like jazz and pop and classical and like all kinds of music. It was very open like that and very like eclectic. Um, so I was very lucky to be there. And I spent a lot of time there after school, you know, two, three times a week I was there. And eventually, when I was 14, they offered me if I wanted to come in the summer to be like an assistant. I see. So that's how I started teaching. Um, and I learned a lot. So I basically apprenticed with them for a few summers. And then I, I kept going in the winter as well. And also, the other part was that this school had a, uh, a band of kids. And this band was, you know, everybody was a student of the, of the school. But it was like all kids between the ages of like 6 and 14, 15 years old. And we played, you know, different instruments. We, we learned in the school, we learned how to play the cajon. And, and we also built our own instruments out of discarded materials. The only place to study music formally in Peru was the conservatory. And the conservatory was very conservative. And it was all classical music. And I had mm -hmm. not, not that much interest in classical music or training, previous training. So I looked for other opportunities. Finally, I found something in the Netherlands. So... I was able to go there, audition, got in, and went to this program, which was um, in what they called the World Music Academy, where they had programs in like Latin American music, Indian, North Indian classical music, flamenco, Turkish music. So I I took you know percussion in the kind of Latin department there. Okay. I studied for four years. I came back to to Peru, um, and I started teaching at the university in Peru. I t taught there for three years to the undergrads that were studying performance because by this time there was an actual program in like non-classical music. And then after teaching there for a few years, I decided I wanted to continue my education. So I came to Canada. I did a master's of ethnomusicology at York. When I finished that, uh, I realized that I wanted to kind of go back to this music education thing. So I came to U of T and I applied and I was accepted and I did a, uh, my PhD in music education here at U of T.
Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad. My name is Jesse McDougall. Today we are talking all about Peru with a fantastic guest artist today. We're speaking with Matias of the band Cune. And I'm going to ask you, Matias, if you could break out the cajon and give us a little education, a little tutorial about where this instrument comes from and what different sounds you can make with it. Okay, so the cajon um, is a very simple instrument. It's basically a, a wooden drum. It's like um, also doubles as a nightstand. <laughs> no. Sure. Um, it has two basic uh, sounds. A low sound, sounds like this. Like a bassy tone, like a bass drum. And it has a high sound, sounds like this. One of the things, before the cajon, in, especially in rural areas in the coast where it's where most of uh, Afro-Peruvians lived, um, zapateo, which is like a, like a step dancing kind of thing, uh, like a tradition, was the most kind of used percussion or rhythm making kind of device. Um, but in the kind of uh, 50s and 60s, it started to be replaced by the cajon as well. So we have a bunch of like uh, Afro-Peruvian rhythms um, on the cajon. For example, the festejo is a very well-known one that goes like this. And you have another instrument beside you, yeah. which is also somewhat accessible, somewhat unusual. I am looking at the bottom jaw of a donkey. Correct. How exactly do you play this, and where does it come from? Where does one get this instrument? No donkeys were harmed in the creation of the instrument. I mean, this is impossible. But no. So this is a quijada. Quijada means, again, jaw. And um, it's a very common instrument in Peru. Uh, it's just the lower jaw of a donkey or a horse uh, that has passed away due to old age or illness. <laughs> so the teeth of the jaw are kind of loose. You can hear them rather a little bit. So when I hit on the kind of bigger side of the, of the jaw, it will make the teeth rattle. And it sounds like this. And then you can grab one of the teeth or you can grab a, like a stick and you can like scrape the teeth like that. And then you can combine both sounds and you can create like patterns like this. Matthias, thank you for coming on Tracks from Abroad. You showed us two incredible instruments that I have never seen before, and we appreciate you coming to tell us all about Peru. Thank you.
Hola, soy Deb de Perú y estás escuchando Tracks from Abroad en CIUT 89.5 FM.